Hi, welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening in. On today's show, I have a very special guest. I had a chance to sit down and talk with Dan Floman, who's the Executive Vice President of Sales at Empire Communities. Dan is an industry veteran. He's been in the game a long time, 27 years, and he really knows his stuff. He's a great guy to talk to about the market and what's happening. Dan has a couple projects coming up with Empire right now. Uh, Empire Maverick in the heart of King West downtown and Empire Phoenix in the Etobicoke, South Etobicoke community near the waterfront there. So very happy to bring this interview to you. If you're interested in either of those, these projects, by the way, and if you'd like to receive the floor plans, prices, and more on these, learn more about how you can purchase a unit at one of these projects, just go ahead. And easiest way is probably send me an email, andrew at truecondos.com, or call me, text me, 416-371-2333, and be happy to get that information over to you. Okay, thank you for tuning in once again. And without further ado, here is my interview with Dan Floman. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, so we are live. We're live here with Dan Floman. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to, uh, always great to chat with you, Dan. Um, I was listening to one of your interviews he did recently, and I was surprised. You said 27 years you've been in this business. I have been in this started business. started when you were like 14. You know what it was is I graduated from university, <laughs> and I jumped straight into, into real estate, and I haven't done anything else since. And it's so, been a great 27-year ride. Phenomenal. So how has – we're going to be talking about a couple of projects you have coming up in Toronto. How has Toronto changed like, oh like, man, that's a loaded well, question. How Toronto changed in 27 years? Well, that's a loaded question. It's, it's incredible, uh, the evolution of the city. I mean, when I got into the business, first of all, if, you know, condos were almost uh, non-existent. There were a handful of them only in, in the entire city. Now when you go downtown, it's, it, it is a way of living. It used, to be a, it used to be the alternative. If you couldn't afford a house, you afforded a condo. Today, people buy condos for many reasons. Some buy for investment, but others buy because they want that lifestyle, that ability to close the door, walk walk out and be downtown. You know, the, the comparison of 27 years ago to today is night and day. I, I used to joke about talking to my grandparents, uh, you know, I'm a fourth generation Canadian and they talked about, you know, seeing uh, cars for the first time and seeing radio and seeing television. And, and, and here I am, you know, not having those references, but seeing a completely different uh, Toronto than what I grew up in. You know, even areas where people would have never assumed people were going to build condos, North York. I'm not even talking about the burbs. I'm talking about North York. Right. When we, when we uh, were looking for a house in Toronto in 1970, obviously I was, I was a baby, but my mother said to my father, my late father, I will never live north of Lawrence because I want to live in the city. Right. <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and today, if you live at Lawrence, you know, people say, downtown. oh, you live downtown. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so there's a huge evolution. And also, just, just the way people live downtown is very different now than it was before. You know, before downtown had a couple of good restaurants and, you know, there was a couple of theaters, the Royal Alex, some big name theaters. Today, 
you know, you've got some of the greatest restaurants uh, in Toronto, uh, some of the greatest restaurants I'm referring to in the world. Yes. And I've had the pleasure of traveling the world, so I can yeah. honestly say that. What's your favorite and, restaurant right now? I know I, you're a big foodie. I, I see you on social media. You're out there at the awesome restaurants. I'm always jealous. What? I, I, I'm an amateur chef also, uh, you know, uh, in, in that I love uh, cooking. So my favorite restaurants... Uh, obviously, my fi- my favorite restaurant will always go back to Patria, which happens to be on King Street, uh, okay. down the yeah. down the street from one of the buildings I I will be doing. Yeah. But I, I love Biblos um, and Fiera Mosca on Prince Arthur. If you want to be in Yorkville, Julieta, which is now on College Street, then I could go on and on, but I'm not going to. Uh, I do love <laughs> eating out, um, yeah. which is probably why I work out five days a week just to maintain all the food right. intake I put on. <laughs> to allow you to get out there and enjoy. That's awesome. Um, and you're one of the, I mean, Empire Communities, one of the few builders where you have your, your feet in both worlds in terms of low rise and high rise. So it's been two tale of two markets, really low rise and high rise in the past year or so, especially. Um, how, how do you like, what do you, how do you interpret the market and what's sort of happened in the past year? You know, so, so let's take a step difference between let's, the two markets. Let's take a step back to just so so that your listeners understand. So Empire Communities, which I'm the executive vice president of, uh, has or builds uh, over a thousand low rise homes a year in Southwest Ontario. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh, In the last several years, low rise has been the golden child and low rise will always continue to be probably 70 percent of our business, maybe even 80 percent in good years. Well, in the last year, what's happened is, is because of, of different regulations and costing outside of the city, uh, you know, Toronto has now become again the golden child. People are coming back to the city and looking to it as, as, as a great investment, not necessarily a better investment. There's still amazing investments in Southwest and in low rise in general, but Toronto is always going to be the economic hub of Canada, the capital of, of the economy of, of our country, let alone our province, obviously. And so what's happening in the last year is, is that condos have been virtually flying off the shelves where you have a good product where you don't have a good product. Some of the outskirt condos have struggled, but have still sold. But whenever you're within the city limits and you've got the right pricing and the right product, it's a virtual sellout if you want to sell out. And that's the big difference. Where do you see the future of this market heading? I mean, we've, I'm starting to see more and more uh, projections, particularly around the population growth coming to the city over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, the latest one I saw, I don't know if you saw it this week, projecting out Toronto basically, you know, within 50 years to become the second biggest city in North America next to New York. Um, the growth rate outpacing every other city in North America by far. Um, well, I would say longer term, I would say that, uh, you know, we used to say 140,000 net immigration into the city, uh, y- you know, was a big number. And uh, we, we attributed it to saying like if all of Fredericton used to come into Toronto every year. But now that they're talking about numbers in the over in the north of 200,000 uh, will be coming in. So, you know, if, if that continues and, you know, you take exponential growth your numbers may not be off and and the stat of becoming the second largest city in North America will come true. One of the things that we do have is we do have a lot of land. So Toronto is the never ending city. 
you know, when, when, again, you talk about my 27 years, we used to drive west and when we would pass Etobicoke, there'd be this massive gap and then you have this little tiny town called Mississauga and then you'd have another big gap and you'd have Oakville. Today, it's just a continuation of a city. It, it just doesn't stop. It's uh, something that you almost saw when you were growing up and watched sci-fi movies and you saw these cities that just never had right. seemed to have an end, end to them. So what does it mean? It, it also means that price escalation will continue. There is very few builders out there that I know that will build at losses. Uh, There would be no reason to build at a loss. And with trade price increases coupled with the new tariffs that are coming in and just material increases and obviously land price increases, that means the end product is going to increase. Now, we have this funny government who preaches affordable housing, yet then turns around and taxes the hell out of us so that we can't, as builders, create affordable housing. So a lot of the new price increases that you're seeing, you know, very recently over $100 a foot, in fact, are actually new levies that the government is putting on. So in one hand, they're saying, hey, listen, we want you to build affordable housing. And on the other hand, they're saying, but we'd like this extra you know, $10 million from your project as our new taxes. And right. a lot of people don't fully understand how much builders pay in development charges and education development charges and park levies. And it is a tremendous amount of money. If though that number was to lower, you would see a number of builders being able to sort of uh, like an elastic pull back some of their prices. But as the government uh, is doing the opposite, is increasing their levies each year, forcing builders to increase their pricing. And let's be honest, we all want the right buyers in our project, we would all love to build. There isn't a builder out there that I know that doesn't want to build affordable housing. We just can't find. It's easier to sell. It's the only thing that we can do now and maintain uh, profitability as a corporation. We are still private corporations that have to make a profit. Yeah. (laughs) That funny (laughs) little thing called profit. Yeah. Keep the doors open. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got this project coming out, obviously, Maverick, want to get into it. Um, you had another project called Fly Condos in a, you know, around the corner from Maverick. Two thousand, I think 2009, was it? We yeah. We were selling that project back. Well, it, it's funny. It started in 2008, right That's after right. the uh, the, right. the, the, uh, pri- the subprime market uh, effect Meltdown, uh, in right. the U.S., and so it initially took a, a long time to launch that project and it involved revamping it. But obviously it sold out quite, uh, quite well after the market had a re- little bit of a rebound. Now, I'm curious, just let's comparing fly condos in a very similar neighborhood to Maverick condos coming up now, 2008 versus 2018. Um, from a builder perspective, from your perspective, how has it changed? How has it become more difficult? How has it become more expensive to acquire and build a site like that in a prime, prime area of downtown? Well, I would say some of the biggest obstacles we always face is is obviously land pricing, but also just getting through site plan approvals. Now, we were very lucky on King Street, uh, which is the Maverick project. We bought a site plan approved site, which Ah, means that we already had the height. If we had not bought the the project in that way we may not have even bought the project today it is harder and harder to get the type of height that's required to make the numbers make sense for a builder to build with fly it was a very different time um, it's not that the government was easier to deal with it's just that they were more receptive to to allowing builders to do 
you know, somewhat what they wanted to do, provided it, it stayed within the confines of the, the aesthetics of the neighborhood, which was, okay. a, which was a key component with Fly. Fly is a, a beautiful building. Right. Uh, on the same token, even before Fly, we took over and built what's called the Modern. And uh, yep. this may even predate uh, a lot of, of your listeners, which was at, at uh, Rich, uh, Richmond and Sherburne. And that's a beautiful, beautiful building. So, we, you know, we've built a lot downtown. Uh, King Street was a challenge, will continue to be a challenge, especially now with the road closure for regular traffic and, yeah. the, and the tightness of the site. Um, but we will be building a 49-story tower there, and it will be one of the more successful projects in 2018. Maverick. So let's get into Maverick. Uh, a lot of buzz around Maverick. People have been hearing bits and pieces about it. Um, what are you most excited about this 49-story tower right on King Street in the heart of the entertainment district? So you, you brought up the word heart of entertainment district. So let's start with that. We are directly across from the Toronto Inter International Film Festival, right across from TIFF. So a lot of projects talk about being in King West. King West is a large area, but there is no better location than the, probably the one we have. We bought what used to be called Restaurant Row, where uh, there's a few restaurants. And again, it's right across from, uh, from TIFF. So we are the true heart of the entertainment industry. You walk out the door and you're a stone's throw, as they say, to some of the best restaurants, entertainment, uh, and nightlife of the city of Toronto. And yet you're still only a five minute streetcar ride, which is directly in front of our building to the, the, the major businesses of Bay street, the Bay street lawyers, the Bay street bankers, uh, on the same token, you go the other way. You go a little bit further west, and you have a whole different type of nightlife and entertainment. You've got the true uh, Liberty Village area to the, to the west of us. One of the things that most excites me, though, about this project is through our travels, be it Dubai, London, Paris, uh, and into New York, we found that one of the things that Toronto lacks in condos is what we are coining a social architect. You go to some of these other buildings and other locations, and you go down to the concierge, and they're a true concierge. You want to get uh, to some knowledge about theater and uh, nightlife, you can ask them. The concierge in Toronto has become more of a, an upscale security guard who opens the door, collects your parcels, and just makes sure that, that, you know, that the building is running well. Right. We are actually putting in, what, again, we're coining the social architect. And what their job is, is to curate for lack of a better word, to, to, to create events for the residents of the building. So let's say the AGO is going to have a new exhibit. Yeah. So this, this curator, this the social architect, is to, is, his job is to basically try to block off a, a, a night for the residents of the building so that they can go. Now, don't get me wrong, it still pays you go for the actual items, but their job is to create these events top new restaurant is coming in they're bringing in a new chef you know we maybe block 20 seats for the first 20 residents who want to go to the restaurant so we're really bringing in like a vegas style concierge as a, a secondary person to the concierge which we will have in this building right. The, right. The, the traditional 24 concierge yeah. but to create something different incredible and that's the big difference yeah, really unique and you've already, and, and Maverick, the club, uh, you've already been doing events and you're partnered with Toronto Life. Maybe can you speak to that a little bit in terms of your partnership with Toronto Life? So it's it's funny you say that. What we did is we we created a a what's called the Maverick Social, of which uh, you happen to be a, a member of the Maverick yeah. Social, <laughs> um, as one of our uh, our premier uh, agents who has first access to all of my sites. And what we've done is prior to the building being ready, we have 
started some of these events. So we've, we've curated along with a partnership with Toronto Life and in fact, Universal Music, which was our last event, uh, to, to have events. We had a fantastic dinner, which we brought in a top, uh, two top chefs um, for we had uh, with universal um, with universal music we had seven up-and-coming Toronto artists uh, and uh, we took over a, a theater and brought in our what we call our, our originals our, our original members for this uh, and then we also took over a, a speakeasy one night and had a private event for for the members of the social club now everybody who becomes a buyer at the Maverick will have access to what is called our social club so it's not a, a fixed hard you know bricks and mortar bricks and sticks location what it is is it's a revolving uh, events that the owners of the building uh, will be invited to uh, attend it's an experience that you, you, you know, it's unique to the building you can't get anywhere else um, and I think it really just fits the fabric and, and of the neighborhood and the type of people that you know are living in King West now and who are going to continue to want to live there agree um, so at the, why, like you're speaking to investors here now, why invest in Empire Maverick? Well, let's, let's be honest. Uh, it, it, when, you know, you're looking to an investment, one of the key components is always going to be location. And again, I'm going to talk about our location as opposed to a number of other buildings that are in King West. We are the actual heart of King West. You'll never repeat this location. When the, the, the film festival is ongoing and the celebrities are walking, they're walking directly in front of our building. You, you can't get a better location. Uh, as far as the units are concerned, we have one bedrooms, two bedrooms, and three bedroom uh, units. And so we do cater to the traditional investor who may be looking for a one bedroom unit, but we also have investors who are, let's say higher end investors looking for two and three bedroom units, but also possibly our end users. Uh, and, and they may be using it as an investment for the next several years until such time that they decide that they want to have their own pay a in Toronto or their own permanent uh, place in Toronto. Uh, rents in, in King West uh, vary, but where we are, they are at the highest uh, highest yeah. uh, point. And remember, this building is still three, three and a half years away. So you can imagine with normal escalation of rents, you're going to see some of the highest rents in King West, maybe maybe some of the highest rents in Toronto next to Yorkville as being in in this building. And absolutely. I think that's, that is an absolute key component. And from an investor, you know, you want something unique and our building is unique. Uh, from its location to the social architect to even some of the facilities that we're putting in the building, the rooftop, uh, which is on the sixth floor. So it's like a sky lobby uh, rather than the lobby on the ground floor. There will be a sitting area on the ground floor, but when you come into the building, you go up and the actual lot, sorry, I said six, but it's on the fifth floor. It's on the fifth floor. We also in the building have what we're coining a beauty bar. So let's say, you know, you get together with a, a, a bunch of girlfriends and you want to do your hair and makeup, uh, you know, your readers, your, your listeners can't see me, but I'm bald, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I want to buff my head, but you, you know, you, you, you bring it, you bring in your, your stylist, right, right. you've got a place right to get together town. as a group and yeah. then go straight out, out the door awesome. to the restaurant. So yeah. it's something where you've got to travel somewhere, come back to home, meet up somewhere. You can all get together at the building. Right maybe the for building. guys, yeah. maybe for guys like you and me, we, we call in for, for a guy who does a close shave, like the straight, right. the straight razor. Yeah. Um, um, you know, so that, that's kind of different. And I, I do think that buildings do have to stand out, not only because of location, but, but the, the, the experience that you will, you will have. And I, I do want to point out one thing. 
for especially for you know the investors that are listening into this broadcast, we treat tenants as a as a corporation as though they were end users. So when a tenant has a problem, we don't say, ah, you know what, he's just a tenant. We try, we go, we treat those tenants like they were the buyers of the product, and we treat them at the same level, which means that the service that the tenants will get from a from a builder point will be equal to that as if it was an end user owner occupied suite. And that is a, an important thing just for the experience of the tenant. So the tenant isn't bugging the landlord saying, you know, right. they didn't do this or they didn't right. do that. That's a key component. Yeah. And you don't want that to, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't like it. You know, investors don't like it when you buy from a builder and you just feel like the builder just washes their hands as soon as the, you know, as soon as the last brick is on the building, they're just get the heck out of there and you never hear from them again kind of thing. No. Yeah. No, and 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 Andrew, you've you've dealt with me for many many yeah. years. You know that that's not the way we do business. No, absolutely not. And that's that's a thing I think really uh, helps the building stand out and helps the building age well over time and continue to appreciate. Um, let's shift gears and move west now for out of the downtown core, and we're heading over to Etobicoke, um, South Etobicoke, and obviously an area that you know very well, um, having done. Oh. It's got to be crazy. 2,000 units? No, way more. 2,000 units? More. Neighborhood? Yeah. More. <laughs> more than 2,000 units. More than 2,000. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to South Etobicoke. One of, one of my, my secondary homes, as I always like to say. Right. Uh, I've been working in that community for the full time I've been in real estate. So when it was really just uh, you know vacant land areas, mm-hmm. uh, I, lo- I fell in love with South Etobicoke. And it, and it's motels those, on the water on Lakeshore oh. there, the old motels. Well, let's not talk about like in those motels because they're all gone now. <laughs> but you know, in their I'll be honest with you, in their heyday in yeah. the in the sixties and seventies, yep. they were stunning. Like you went you went right. down there, you got a room, you brought your kids down right onto the water. Yeah. And uh, you like know, those hotels had, had great uh, beach beach areas. Yeah. Yeah. But but today it's a little bit more built up. Uh, we've uh, built well over 2,000 units uh, just in one project, which, which was completed in uh, 2013, I think was the final building uh, uh, of it. We had uh, 800 and almost 900 units in that one. I've got another 1,280 going up in two towers called Eau de Soleil, of which there's only uh, 11 units still still remaining. It's the uh, tallest uh, building on the water in Canada. It's 67 stories, uh, along with a sister building of 50 stories. And then with some of the other builders that I've had the pleasure of working with, uh, I've, I've done a lot of work in what's called Mystic Point, which is where we are now going to be building our project known as Phoenix. Yes. Oh, Empire Phoenix coming up. Is there any significance to the name? I mean, it's a very cool name. Uh, you know what? I think we were all sitting around drinking one day and somebody said, hey, let's go to the Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> which was an old, which was a nightclub. Hey, that's yeah, a, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. You know okay. what? We have a great marketing department. Uh, and this is the last piece of land in mystic point. It's a piece that was discarded. And, uh, you know what, when the owner of the land who, who was a, a or is a, a developer decided not to proceed with it, uh, they called me because I've known this developer for again over 20 years, and they said, "Would you guys be interested in it?" And I jumped at the opportunity. I presented it to Empire, and we and we and we purchased the property. So I guess one of the significance significance of the Phoenix is, you know, out, out of the ground is coming this magnificent 
building or buildings per se, because it is two towers connected by a podium, uh, 499 units with some of the best views and best investments that you can have in, in Etobicoke right now. So talk to me about the location. I know there's some big news about uh, the connectivity of the project as it pertains to the waterfront. So what's, yep. what's happening so- there? So many, many, many moons ago in 2004, I was involved with uh, with the city and they were talking about connecting uh, Mystic Point down to Lakeshore. Because right now what happens is, is there's two roads, one that says uh, is called Legion Road North and one that's called Legion Road South. And they don't connect because to the south of us are some railway tracks. So like what they've done on Dufferin and King, they have allocated the funds, so the construction will be starting, to connect these two roads by creating an underpass, so under the, the, um, the railway tracks. And why is this significant? Well, right now, Mystic Point, to get to Lakeshore, you'd have to come up with what's called Grand Avenue, go across the Queensway and down Parkland. So it was a bit of a, of a, of a trek to get down there. By connecting these two roads, you're now going to be able to jump on your bicycle, put on your rollerblades, and quickly get down to Lakeshore and then jump onto the Martin Goodman Trail where you've got those 140 kilometers of trails to go. So it'll become like a true uh, great place to just live from the point of of exercise even or just walking you you're not you don't have to get on a major road anymore to get down to to the waterfront you'll be able to go down legion road and that's a massive upside especially for investors who are looking for you know something that isn't directly related to the building but that will influence values at a later date and this will be a huge influencer that's great yeah so legion road that's great yeah because so it's right beside the building you're you're it's going to be under the train tracks or over the so train? what happens is 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 the roads because they they have to connect have to bypass the the train tracks and the the concept is is that the, the, they'll go underneath uh the train tracks exactly the way dufferin works uh at king street if you if you know right. how that underpass works right right Perfect. so it's not yeah. a big underpass it's just you know it's a two-second drive but it's just the continuation of the road which is the key component right and again you, you just hop on your bike boom go under the underpass in two seconds you're down on the waterfront trail as opposed to currently you've got to go all the way around the the long way That's yeah a huge huge like you said i mean anytime as an investor you can get into a location that is before that oh yeah uh, major infrastructure comes into place and that's uh, that's always a good thing and the key component is it's not a pipe dream infrastructure that some politician has said to to get elected it's right. money that's been already allocated and will and construction will be beginning the other thing just so so you, you know your listeners who may not be familiar with the area understand the project is also surrounded by two parks one to the west and one to the south which will not be developed so it, it has some natural parks already there so if you have a dog if you if you just want to lie out on the park, we have we have that at our at our doorstep of this building also. Right, so you got parks right at your doorstep, and now you're will have access to of course the waterfront trail and all the parks on the waterfront as well within yeah. two seconds. Um, I mean that whole area is just absolutely booming. Like it just continues to grow and grow and grow and continue to grow in popularity as well. Um, it's just incredible that it just how much development there is happening uh, in that entire South Etobicoke area. I mean, it's what, what do you think it is about that area that just in general, I mean, obviously the easy answer is it's close to the water, but what else is it about the area that just. No, I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you what it is for. I'll, I'll tell you what it is for me. Um, you're either a downtown person 
yeah. which I, I truly am. That's, that's the reality of who I am. Yeah. Or you want that sense of coming home even though you work downtown. So it allows you or affords you the ability to, to drive downtown in 20 minutes. And then at the end of the day, come to a serene part of the city that's still in the 416. Like you're not in the 905, nothing wrong with 905, but you're not in the 905. Yeah. You're still in the 416 where you've got green around you. You've got the lake. You've got this sense of coming home. But the other beautiful thing is, you know, we talk about Toronto buyers and Toronto investors, but also we are an equal distance to Mississauga City Centre. So if you want to go west, you've now bypassed a tremendous amount of the traffic uh, uh, that, that travels west. Yep. And so you're 20 minutes to the downtown Mississauga City right. Centre, which is a key. And if you also are even further than that, you're a Hamilton or, or, or you know, again, you're that much closer because you can hop onto the Gardner, onto the Queensway, right at the doorsteps of, the, of this building. And that's, those are all very important factors. Right. A lot of people work in Mississauga. Yeah, there's tons of employment in Mississauga and around the airport area as well. Well, yeah, and from an airport. airport a lot, or if you, use your, your, you know, if you use Billy Bishop or Pearson, it's a perfect spot. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. You're, to your point, we're an equidistance to Billy Bishop and Pearson. Yeah. You know, the 427 is just, you know, a couple of, uh, of, of streets down. Once you pass, uh, you know, Kipling and Islington, the next one's the 427. You shoot up it, catch onto the 409, and then you're right at the airport. So, right. you know, there's a lot of great, great advantages of this location. And again, you know, you are in the 416, but it doesn't feel like you're downtown. Right, right. And there's a lot of, uh, dis I mean, the GO train is there. So it's a great place to be a driver, obviously, as we've talked about. You've got great highway access, east, west, north, south. Um, but you also but, have TTC. Yeah, you've got TTC there as well with the streetcar, you mean? With the streetcar. Yep. you got the streetcar. You, you have the go, GO train as well, which is two, two minutes away to the GO train. Yep. It's, it's all there. Like trans, transit is, is actually better in some regards for transit than some of the sort of northeast parts of the city of Toronto. Right. It, it's funny. It, they've, they've really thought about the commuters coming into Toronto when they, when they design transit for people in, in Etobicoke in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and there's, there's talk about LRT potentially coming in there or even more expansion of the go as well. Yep. Absolutely. So, I mean, going to continue to improve there as well um speaking to investors again about phoenix why why if someone's thinking about investing in this project why would you say you should invest in phoenix well uh, for the for very similar reasons that you would invest in 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 king street it's uh it, it is unique uh the building has Phenomenal facilities. Again, when you're buying something, you have to look at upsides. We mentioned the infrastructure upside. Uh, this building will also have some unique facilities, such as an outdoor infinity pool overlooking the park. So if you are looking at an investment in Etobicoke, this would be the building to, that stands out among the buildings in Etobicoke, uh, you know, as, as something that you know, uh, really caters to uh, people who work in Toronto or work in Mississauga. And that's the other thing is that your tenant here, if you are an investor, maybe somebody who works in Mississauga, a Mississauga right. person isn't necessarily going to want to live downtown and, and fight that commute. They just right. may not want to do that, but they may want to live in a, a building that has all the bells and whistles of every downtown condo, but in Etobicoke and our building ticks all the boxes, the 24 hour concierge, spectacular gym, great party rooms, great outdoor area. Like I said, it's got a Miami-style pool area, pool deck area with cabanas and uh, a waiting area, uh, referring to by the pool, like a six-inch deep 
thing that drops off to a deep end uh, overlooking the park. We're very pet friendly in this building, especially since we do have parks surrounding us. So I think from an investor, you're going to see a huge upside long term with this project. And also rents are very strong in Etobicoke. It's it's one of those few, uh, for lack of a better word, sub cities within the city of Toronto that that achieves very, very high rents. And yeah. part of it, I think yeah. it is, is that although we talk about a number of buildings, it's still a fraction, the number of buildings in Etobicoke that you would have in, in other subsidies like, like New York, uh, like North York, I should say, where, where you have a ton of condo buildings up and down the Young Street corridor. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but you have a lot of competition yeah. there. You right. don't have the same type of competition here in Etobicoke. Right. Well, that's everything. I mean, like you said, the rents are very strong. They're very high. All the buildings are full. It's there's a lot of buildings, but they're all full. Like there's, yeah. no, it's not like there's a lot of supply out there uh, to be to be able to buy right now or to rent. Um, Dan, can I just yeah? Can rent. I just say one thing though? That that one of the thing about Etobicoke, if you are an investor looking to buy, the yeah. buildings predominantly become owner occupied, so you also don't have the same competition to rent your suite out, and that's a big factor. Also, it's not a building that's going to be by any means a hundred percent investor. I'd be very surprised if it was more than even twenty five or thirty percent investor at the end of the day. Yeah, no, absolutely, great point. And uh, yeah, it's been great chatting with you today, Dan. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you about uh, Empire Phoenix or Empire? Maverick that you wish I had held? Well, I think you should have asked, uh, how do I get in as a, as a client <laughs> and, and not, to, not, not, not to promote you too hard, but, but right. I, I would, I would say <laughs> that if you are me. listening and you are interested in buying, please contact Andrew. He it does have first access to all of my projects. We've been doing business now for a very long time. His clients have always done well. And listen, you can speak to that. Um, but, uh, I, I would strongly speak to Andrew. We'll find a unit that works for you and we'll put you into the unit that best suits the needs that you want. Great. Thank you so much, Dan. Uh, appreciate your time today and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.